You're listening to the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast, supported by our friends at Zero Hour Detox. Whether you're in the Hamptons, Hollywood, or somewhere in between, summer is usually synonymous with drinking. Champagne, beer, tequila, you name it. Our secret to imbibing, whether it's day drinking or going to an evening summer concert, is Zero Hour Detox. They're small pill supplements you take to prevent hangovers. And they really work. Trust us. We've done the research. (laughs) Take one pill for every two drinks and three before bed, and you'll wake up feeling fresher than a daisy. Take 25% off your next order of Zero Hour Detox when you buy them from the homepage story link on hamptonstohollywood.com. Bottoms up. Hey guys, it's me again, Kyle Langan, founder of hamptonstohollywood.com and host of our official podcast. Today's episode marks a milestone because we had our very first Academy Award winning guest on the show. I know, right? I was thrilled to chat with Charlie Wachtel, the Oscar winning screenwriter of Black Klansman, the Spike Lee directed film which debuted last August. Charlie and I chatted about the screenwriting business in Hollywood, his Oscar moment, and what projects he has in the pipeline. So without further ado, here's Charlie. All right, so Charlie, thank you so much for being on the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so just kind of to give context, so I met you last summer at a barbecue with our friend Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that you, I think I'd maybe asked you like, oh, like, like, what do you do? You know, and you said that you were a writer. I said, oh, I'm a writer too. I write, you know, this lifestyle website. And you were incredibly modest because you said, oh, you were a screenwriter. But I assume at that time that you had already filmed Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Um, is that kind of just a character trait of yours, that modesty? Or were you kind of trying to lay low a little bit? <laughs> uh, I think I was trying to lay low. I mean, <laughs> once, you, once I say what it is that I do or associate the project that I've done with my name, or any of the accolades that have come with it, it's kind of, you can't be modest anymore once you've said it kind of thing. Um, So I don't mind withholding information for a certain period of time so people could actually, you know, get to know me authentically. Right. Was your last chance at like anonymity kind of? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's, It's more fun to be anonymous. Yeah, for sure. So... You obviously won an Oscar for... You won a BAFTA, an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for Glock Klansman. Which is crazy. Yeah, congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, just tell me, about that, tell me about that experience. Like, first, like, getting nominated, and then... Well, tell me about the nomination process, I guess, first. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, we had a film that came out in the summertime, and... Which is, like, irregular for, like, Oscar-y movies, right? Yeah, it was, like, you know, late summer, sort of hoping that some of the momentum would carry into the award season, but there are so many awards-baity films that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very easy to get lost into the mix, and it managed to just, you know, stay afloat, and I guess it it made a lot of noise when it came out, enough that people were paying attention and... People wanted to give it some respect. Mm-hmm. And so you got nominated, obviously. And then what was your reaction to that? Like, did you kind of think, like, you know, Spike Lee is attached. Maybe there, there could be some activity around it or... 
Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, Spike being involved uh, and leading the charge was was huge. I think um, in 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 all aspects. I mean, he's a legend, and he's someone who had won an Academy Award previously, who a lot of people think he should have, mm-hmm. um, myself included. Uh, and he's he's a marketing machine. Like he's. He was the one leading the charge on uh, the awards campaign. He was on a day-to-day basis completely involved at all of the receptions and screenings and Q&As. And he was, he was doing most of the work. Yeah. What was the Oscar experience like when they called your name? Uh, it was certainly surreal. Um, you know, I had been knocking back a few drinks beforehand because (laughs) I was just extremely nervous. I mean, it's nerve-wracking enough to be on television in front of millions worldwide. Um, But as our category was approaching, it starts, the thought starts to creep into your mind like, well, this is a possibility. We we could actually win. And if we win, we're going to have to go onto the stage. And (laughs) I don't know, we're maybe going to have to say something or... Um, so yeah, these, these thoughts become a little bit more real as time goes on. Had you prepared anything to say just in case? Yeah, I prepared a little something. Um, I was definitely monitoring how the Academy was handling, uh, speeches and the length of speeches. And I saw that they were cutting people off. So I thought, you know, I, obviously Spike is going to be the one who, uh, takes the lead, but if there's any additional time, you know, maybe I'll thank my parents. Right. Right. Uh, but I definitely wasn't going to go on a tangent or, you know, thank every single person in the world or every person in the business for that matter. Right. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson and Brie Larson, not a bad duo to give you an Oscar. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so you had found Ron Stallworth's memoir first, and then you were wanting to adapt it with your writing partner. And then... Why did you think so? You this was like a lot, like four years ago, right? Twenty fifteen. So, why did you think it was an impactful story to tell, or why did you want to bring it to life? Yeah, well, well, first off, the the movie, the concept, I think, just sells itself. Yeah. As a pitch, and uh, once you have that, and once we were able to take it and expand it into something that felt a little bit more cinematic. You know, we thought it's something that could be commercial, it could be indie, but have a prestige quality to it. And also for the African-American market, uh, which is still severely underserved and was even more so back then, especially Mm -hmm. when no one thought that African-Americans can open a film and no one thought that African-Americans, you know, could have a film play overseas. Right. And by no one, I mean the powers that be. Right. Um, obviously, a lot has changed in just that short amount of time. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, and maybe fortuitous, that you kind of, you found this project as something that you wanted to do kind of like in the Obama era, right? When we had a black president. And then with such a divide within our country is when the movie kind of came to fruition. Right. Yeah, we were hired um, for the rewrite once Trump started to come to power in 2016. It was before the election and then after the election. Right. Um, which was a little bit of a, a sucker punch for a lot of people to, to not see 
Hillary Clinton win. Uh-huh. Um, and it was great that we were hired for the rewrite around that time because we were able to then capture some of uh, what was happening mm-hmm. and and attempt to connect it for sure and put it on the right track before handing it off to Spike and Kevin. Right, you're kind of commenting on, not literally commenting on like what's happening today, but sort of because of the, the, the similarities that are kind of impossible to deny. Oh, sure, yeah. You know? What did it mean for you as a white man to kind of be the one who spearheaded originally the concept for the idea, um, a movie that was so profoundly dealing with race and ex- widely accepted and you know lauded by the African-American community in a time when our country is so divided? Um, well, I never really thought about it so much uh, as being something that's race related. Yeah. Uh, that never was really something that crossed my mind. I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, anyone should be able to write a story about a person with any different kind of background or any different kind of experience. And I think once we attempt to restrict that, you know, then, you know, w- what is the future of storytelling if, you know, I can't write the story? You know, am I only supposed to write, write stories of, of white people right. and those bo- movies by the way are w- movies with just white people are getting harder and harder to make these days yeah um and and for good reason so but you know like the the most fascinating stories are are the stories that often are ones where it's about a person who's going through something and something that is not something that i'm going through and i i want to sort of put on my my story cap and mm-hmm. and dive into their world and you know, use my imagination. And a lot of it is about using your imagination. Yeah. What kind of stories do you like to tell? Um, my writing partner and I like to say we, our brand is sort of doing the genre take on true life stories. Could be a true story or it could be based on uh, reality in some way. We're not beholden in any way to just doing true stories. We like genre stuff. We like horror we like sci-fi we're even looking for an erotic thriller that we could sink our teeth into yeah um so we're open-minded how do you how did you and your writing partner david what how did how do you guys know each other we grew up together so we go way back to like sixth grade um we were were part of the same circle of friends and in high school instead of doing a lot of like written reports we would do videos together where we'd act it out, get our friends to act out, we'd direct, we'd edit, learned a lot about the craft during that point in time, and uh, we just pretty much fell in love with film around the same time. Did you move to LA together? No, I moved out here in 2009. He moved out uh, like five years afterwards. Okay. We had been writing and producing and directing separately and then sending each other stuff for feedback, and um, by the time he moved out here, we thought, let's... Uh, Let's try to join forces and, and write together. And then Black Klansman was the second thing we did together. The first wow. thing was a, a TV pilot, which is something we're actually trying to get made right now. Oh, nice. Where are you guys from? Uh, East Brunswick, New Jersey. Oh, I'm from New Jersey, too. That's right. I think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, like Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill? Area. Everyone is from Cherry Hill <laughs> who moves to L.A. We, we, we had a general meeting with someone the other day who was from Cherry Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny. So, I mean, writing is an incredibly like personal medium, and and I remember like you were saying in interviews that you were excited for Spike Lee to get 
your script because you wanted him to make it into a Spike Lee movie, right? Right. So do you think that now that you are an Oscar-winning writer <laughs> that you will, or I guess what are your thoughts on allowing a director to, to take ownership over a script that you've written? Like, do you draw the line in a different place now than you that you did? Well, you know, the features world is very different from television. In television, the writer is king, and, and they call the shots. And in features, just by tradition, the writer isn't. They don't have the same control. They sort of hand off the baton to the director. And in this case, we hit a home run, because Spike is the kind of guy, he's an auteur. You want him to, to leave his mark and put his stamp on a project. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was, you know, someone else in the future, maybe I wouldn't feel the same way. If it was, you know, maybe a, a, a younger director or uh, a director who didn't have such a distinct point of view. Yeah. Um, but again, that's the way features work and we'll have to deal with it. Right, right. <laughs> or we'll have to direct ourselves. What was working with Spike like? Well, we didn't really truly collaborate together. It was just, you know, like I said, we handed off the baton yeah. to he and his writing partner. Um, once Focus Features got involved and we were sort of, you know, cashed out of the situation by then. And did you go to set? We did not go to set. Um, we didn't meet Spike until the cocktail hour at the reception before the premiere at Cannes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll be right back. Whether you're in the Hamptons, Hollywood, or somewhere in between, summer is usually synonymous with drinking champagne, beer, tequila, you name it. Our secret to imbibing, whether it's day drinking or going to an evening summer concert, is zero hour detox. They're small pill supplements you take to prevent hangovers. And they really work. Trust us, we've done the research. (laughs) Take one pill for every two drinks and three before bed and you'll wake up feeling fresher than a daisy. Take 25% off your next order of Zero Hour Detox when you buy them from the homepage story link on hamptonstohollywood.com. Bottoms up. So you were talking about TV. Is TV something, I mean, this is like the TV renaissance. Is that something that you want to look into? Oh, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. The real money is in TV. That's why everybody wants to get involved in it. Um, But we also see it as incredible for storytelling, and especially if you're a writer, mm-hmm. uh, having that control over the medium is something that really excites us. And we have a couple TV shows that we're, we're trying to get off the ground and hopefully sell one. If we can sell two, even better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to getting exposure to that space. To be a writer, you have to be like incredibly like disciplined, you know? To like, do you write like on a schedule? Like, how is your time management? You have to manage your time. I don't know what David and I would be doing if we didn't manage our time right now, especially because we have projects that have carried over that have started from award season that some are new, some are rewrites, some are projects that are older that have to be polished, Mm -hmm. some are pitches that we have to prepare on TV projects. So you've got to stay ahead of the game, you've got to keep a good calendar, and you have to stay disciplined. You just have no choice. There's some days when you don't want to write or you don't feel inspired. You just have to sort of push through it. What does like a typical day look like for you? Lately, it's been pretty early mornings, waking up and working on... I try to work on one thing a day, like one project. Right. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes I have to split it half and half. But just to get in the mindset 
into that world, usually I like to stay on one project a day. Mm. And then if sometimes that bleeds into the next day, then that's fine. Some days we have meetings and that can kind of throw our day out of whack because it's, you're driving around town and, you know, we've definitely been cutting down on meetings uh, post Oscars because we just, we have no time to write. Right. And we have to write, we have to stay busy. And you guys write like at the, like in the same space or do you kind of send each other different things or? We, we are very much uh, independent of each other when we're writing. When we do the outline stage and we want to make sure that we're on the same page and we're making the same movie, we'll sit down together and we'll build it out together and come up with very specific detailed outlines. And then we'll sort of divide it up and, and go our separate ways and start writing. I mean, everyone has their list of like dream directors that you would like, they would want to helm their, what, who, what is, who is your, who's on your list? Well, we've already crossed one off our list. <laughs> Some others on our list, Tarantino, who is, he's going to do his own thing. He's going to write his own stuff. Yeah. Scorsese, Spielberg, P.T. Anderson, mm-hmm. John Carpenter, hmm. one of my personal favorites. Now that actors are kind of becoming multi-hyphenates and being producers and when you're writing a part. Do you write with an, a specific actor in, in the mind? Yeah, I think it's helpful to, to write with someone specific in mind. We had a, a script, um, a spec script that we wrote that was on the blacklist. It's called Bolsa Negra, um, which in Cuban slang means black market. And we wrote that with Oscar Isaac in mind to play the lead, which mm-hmm. is the character of a sports agent. And he's currently attached um, and so we're trying to put that one together and get that one made. I read that you were, or I heard that you were working on a project called Animal. Yes. That was written by Casey Sherman, right? What, um, what can you tell me about that? Well, the working title for that, um, for the feature is Thatcher Island. And, uh, that one is moving along very, very nicely. Um, we had a little bit of a hiccup because Fox 2000 just got, axed by uh, Disney oh, because right. of the merger. Right. So we're sort of kind of waiting and seeing where that's going to land. But, you know, that hasn't stopped David and I from, you know, doing everything we can to improve the script on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You are interested in adapting things just as you, as you are as writing your own original. Content. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, adaptations are usually typically easier and and preferable to uh, industry executives. Oh, really? It uh, allows them to hedge their bet on a project, um, anything that has built-in IP. It is, in general, harder to sell an original spec or an original concept. We're open to either avenue. Were you worried about offending Ron when you, I guess not, not offending, but not doing his story justice, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was extremely important for us to make sure that Ron was happy with the final product. Yeah. We never got the rights from Ron. Um, we essentially got permission to adapt it on spec. It was critical for, for Ron to, to approve not only the project, but of us. Yeah. And it was important for us to trust each other and work together and, and make it the most collaborative environment possible. How did you gain his trust? Because, I mean, you worked a little bit, I mean, being a writer in the entertainment industry, but you weren't like, you know, years of being a writer, you know what I right, mean? Right, right. No, it, we, uh, it took time. You know, we, 
first we put together a one pager of our vision for how we would want to adapt the book into a script with some new ideas we had including making the character flip jewish mm -hmm. we sent that to them we we that pretty much landed us a phone call with ron through his manager andy francis and um we got on the phone with him and the call he was in utah in like a very rocky area and the call kept cutting out mm -hmm. um and so I'd be on the phone with him and constantly the call would go out and I'd keep losing him and I would always call back. <laughs> I would always call back like right away and, and Ron will tell you that that was an indication that we were really hungry and we were after it and super passionate about his story. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, any interest in directing, I mean, you've directed a little bit, but you know, your own projects? Yeah. Um, it's certainly one of my goals. and. Probably my biggest goal when I moved out here was to direct. Mm -hmm. um, I always thought that writing could be a way to break into the industry. Yeah. And now I'm certainly on the writing track, and sure. it's it's going quite well, I have to say. Um, <laughs> so I think when the right opportunity comes along, I'll pounce on it and uh, get my directorial debut. But you know, again, it has to be the right opportunity. You don't want to force it. Yeah. What about like any advice you have for writers or just those trying to break in? Like you were saying, like what, what avenue do you recommend going down? Again, if you want to write, you should be writing. You shouldn't be talking about writing. You shouldn't be just sp spending your time attending workshops or submitting old scripts into contests. Like you should just be writing constantly new stuff, polishing old stuff, and you're going to get better at it the more you do it. And more importantly, you're going to see if that's really what you want to do. Yeah. If you grow to hate it, then maybe it's not what you ultimately want to do, but maybe you'll develop skill sets in another area. Are you represented? I mean, you have representation now, but how did you, or I guess I think a lot of times people come to LA like wanting to be a writer, for example, and like, how do I get an agent? You know? Right. Black Klansman, we did without a lawyer. We did without an agent. We did without a manager. The entertainment lawyer and agent didn't come in until later in the process. The agent came in last. The agent came in, you know, once the movie went into production. So it's possible to do this without all of that. Right. That being said, I had a, the advantage of having a leg up because I worked as an assistant um, in Hollywood for a couple of years. So I was able to build up a Rolodex. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a worthwhile uh, route to take for anyone so that they can build up a network of contacts. We started to market ourselves before people really knew what Black Clanson was, and we still were sending unsolicited emails about new things we were working on or, or things we had already done in the past just to try to get people to read it. Wow. And we weren't getting a whole lot of traction that way. I imagine there's a lot of people who are regretting not responding to those emails. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a reason why we don't have a manager right now, and it's because we were able to push the rock all the way up the hill ourselves for a great deal of time and we have each other to lead on. Well, thank you so much. I really am so happy for your success. No problem. Thank you. I'm looking Thanks forward for having to, me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what you do next. Awesome. Keep you posted.